Hello, Tessa. Yo, what's up, Jesse? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spooky Soup Podcast. Uh, I am very excited for my story today. I'm excited for your story today. <laughs> Good, and I hope our listeners are too. <laughs> so I went and saw Barbarian. Do tell. It was interesting. There are some things I would have preferred to uh, have changed, but overall it was a fun watch. All right. And I do say fun because it was very intense. Okay. So, so I'm it like kept you on the edge of your seat. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited for you to see it so that we can hash out. And uh, yeah, it's fun. I recommend anyone to, uh, yeah, if you like horror movies, that's a good one. Go see it. I've been wanting to see it. Heard some mixed reviews, so hopefully it's good. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I wouldn't say it's like, not. it's not even in my top 10 of horror movies, but it's still a fun watch as like just something to go see in theaters right now, oh, horror, cool. horror-wise. Just getting you in the spooky season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched Orphan for the first time, and that movie scarred me for life, so. That is still one I have to see. <laughs> Did they just come out with the second one or like a couple years ago with the same actress? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the second one? I haven't. That's why we watched the first one because I want to see the second one, but I hadn't seen the first one. Cool. Gotcha. Yeah. The newer movies don't scar me at all. Like I can go to bed just fine when I watch current like modern horror movies. It's the ones that I saw when I was a kid that scare me the most. Like The Ring. Oh, yeah. Even though I wa- I've watched it as an adult, but I first saw it when it was when I was like 11 when it came out. But when I rewatched it uh, within the last couple of years, I was like, wow, this movie is garbage. Like, I mean, as in it's not <laughs> scary. Yeah. Um, but when I was a kid, like, yeah, that messed me up. Oh, for sure. So I, I get it. I think the worst part of that movie is when she climbs the ladder up to the loft and mm-hmm. it looks like someone was there recently still and i'm like why they never explore why but that part always creeped me out yeah uh for me it's the beginning of the movie when they open the closet and the girl <laughs> is in there and her face and like mouth is open eyes are wide open Ooh. it's that that face that has like permanently been in my head ever since <laughs> i've seen that movie as a kid well they got that face right. It's the face at the end that makes me laugh. Like Noah, mm-hmm. the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They tried at that end part, but oh well. Tried and failed. So what do you have for us today? I've got some scary Reddit stories for you today. Okay. Got a couple. One of them is more thought provoking. Like I think we have some stories that relate to it. So if you want to share some, feel free. But cool. let's get into it. Sweet. All right. This is posted on r slash scary stories by Kingdom of YR. And it's titled, Have You Ever Met a Serial Killer? It says, I saw this on Quora by Lisa Perry and felt like it belonged here. Ted Bundy. I was 17 and living in Seattle in 1974. My boyfriend and I went to Lake Sammamish on one of the first beautiful days of the season. I was sunbathing on a towel near the building that housed the restrooms. My boyfriend, not a fan of just laying in the sun, 
was 50 yards away or so, leaning on his parked car, chatting up some other guys. I noticed a man kept walking by me to use the drinking fountain. Each time he passed, he would stare a bit. I thought he was attractive enough, but in a real dweeb kind of way. Finally, he approached me and we started a conversation. He asked me if I wanted to go out in his canoe. I said no, probably not, that I was here with my boyfriend. He then asked if I would help him launch it into the water, that it was tucked behind some trees across the parking lot. I said that I was completely not strong enough to help him with the canoe, but that my boyfriend could surely lend a hand. I got up and started walking toward where my boyfriend was leaning against the car. Bundy followed me. At just about the same time that he had said, no, 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 you can do it. I called out to my boyfriend and said, hey, this guy wants some help with his canoe. My boyfriend immediately felt the chill, and he told Bundy in the rudest way I've ever heard him speak to anyone, which he has said had to do with his primal revulsion to the guy, to get away from her and from us. Bundy said directly to me, and this is the iciest piece that stays with me, with me the most, this is your lucky day. Of course, I didn't understand that for a long time. That day, he murdered two women that he picked up at the lake, too. Both resembled me in stature, the way they wore their hair, etc. Jeez. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. <laughs> I know. It's that line at the end. Of, this is your lucky day. Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Horrible. Very, very scary. And it's funny that we still have um, like these first witness accounts still coming out. Yeah. Nowadays, where we're still like learning about them. Yeah. It's very scary. So many people met Bundy and interacted with him, especially around Utah. Oh, yeah, for which, sure. You know, if you're a true Utahan, you know at least five people who knew Ted Bundy or like someone's aunt was almost a victim or someone worked with him at the U at the law school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Went to church with him. Oh, it's all over Utah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and because it's Utah and so many people have stories of Bundy. I have one from someone I knew who interacted with him directly, which everyone knows someone who knows someone, but. it's <laughs> <laughs> very true. So one of our neighbors growing up told me a story that when she was young, she worked at a pizza parlor here in Utah. Okay. And this is one of his famous murders, I guess. It's like the pizza parlor murder. But her friend was also there at the pizza parlor. And Bundy came in and asked the friend out on a date. And the lady I knew told her friend, like, hey, this guy just asked you out. I'm getting creepy vibes. Don't do it. I don't think it's a good idea. And the friend was like, no, it's fine. He's really cute. Which, come on, the guy had a unibrow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she was murdered that night. Wow. He went and picked her up from her job, and she was gone. So... Yeah, everyone knows someone around here. It's insane. Bundy comes up quite a bit. I'm sure we'll cover him some more. Our next story is from r slash scary stories posted by The Stern Burger. <laughs> and it's called, I bought a laptop off of eBay and found this very strange video on it. I bought a laptop off of eBay for a fairly great price. My previous laptop recently broke and I was really in need of a new one. I searched on eBay and saw the ad. It was a miracle. It was a new HP pavilion for such a low price. Strangely low now that I think about it. I was so hyped that I immediately bought it. Me being excited and kind of dumb, the thought of 
it being a scam never really crossed my mind once when I was buying it. As I waited a while for the laptop to arrive, I'd constantly go back to the page and look at it with anticipation. I was excited. It felt like Christmas. Just over a week later, the laptop finally arrived. A bit annoyed, I noticed that there was not much protection for the laptop in the box it came in. Luckily, it was fine. I opened the laptop and immediately saw a sticky note on the screen. It was a four-digit pin. I was very confused, of course. Why would the seller not remove their account and give me their pin? Why wouldn't they just do a hard reset before shipping it? Of course, I used the pin and signed into the account. My curiosity tends to defeat me. The profile picture to the Outlook account, the picture you see when you put in the pin, was solid black, a bit eerie. I signed in. There was nothing really special at first. The background was a standard default image Microsoft has with its computers, the beach. I assumed all the files and everything would be cleared, but the seller left a few things in the files. What sensible person would leave their files to a stranger's viewing? There were things, photos, and a video. There were photos of woods and a river. Woods were first, and then the river came. They didn't seem planned out, though, almost as if the photos were accidents. They weren't symmetrical, and some were just blurry and pretty bad if I'm being critical. There was also a single picture of a room. It looked very simple, plain. It reminded me of one of those liminal space pictures you'd see in the, those YouTube compilations. Beige walls, a bed, a large vent, and a light. The light made the room look so strange. It was warm and dim and kind of off. The next thing was a video. It confused me nonetheless. Honestly, it creeped me out. Off-putting audio in these weird pictures that Jonathan Galindo meme. Here's where it gets weird. This video was titled in the files as jonathangalindo.mp4. I could hear moans and some shuffling. Earth, Wind, and Fire September was also playing in the background. After a few rewatches, I was very uneasy. I wanted to show people, so I posted it to my channel. I remember going back to the ad on eBay, and it was gone. The seller's name wasn't Jonathan Galindo, though. His name was Thomas. Shipped from a town in Utah, it wasn't a real town or address. I don't know if this was all some prank pulled by the seller, but if it was, it would be very far-fetched. What person would go through the process of setting up an eBay ad, making this video, putting it on a nice computer, and selling it for such a low cost? Even giving sign-in info on this account, I just don't get it. That's all there was. I tried searching for more things, kind of wanting to see some more, but there wasn't anything. I'm no tech genius, but I do think that there's nothing further to analyze. Just a weird video. After messing around on the laptop for a bit, I decided to call it a night and head to bed. As I tried to sleep, I couldn't help but think about that video. The uncanny groans resonated in my head. I began to piece together the pictures and the video, making up theories and ridiculous conclusions. Was someone killed? Was their body dragged through the woods and dumped in a river? Were they killed in that room? I caught myself. I had to stop. I have class tomorrow. The next day, I got up around 6.30 in the morning. I went to class for a while and came back home later. I went to my laptop and sat down, hoping to unwind for the rest of the day. I opened up my laptop and saw it. It took me a second to notice. The profile picture wasn't solid black anymore. It had changed. I sunk into my chair, feeling hot flashes run through me. I sat there for a good minute or two, analyzing and trying to make out what the picture was. 
It was a close-up, semi-blurry picture of a door and a doorknob. I wiped everything. I began deleting the photos and the video from the files in a frantic scramble. I also removed the account from the laptop. Stupidly, I didn't get rid of the laptop. I needed it. And my mind would do anything to prevent me from destroying it. I had to get to work anyway. I'm a musician. I also make films with my good friends, so I make the soundtracks. I began to install all the software I used to create the music, and after about an hour, it was all set. As I began, I lost complete track of time. I had been writing and recording for hours, also going to the bathroom and getting a few drinks. The video came back to thought. Jonathan Galindo, I said to myself. I looked up the name on Google, seeing its affiliation with the Blue Whale Challenge. That challenge where people would harm or kill themselves? It was concerning. Like the concept of Momo, the supposed Jonathan Galindo would message people on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and a few others. After a while of reading stories of Jonathan, I was uneasy. I personally found Jonathan scarier than Momo. His creepy, goofy Mickey Mouse makeup definitely added to the uncanniness. Then I saw something. My heart dropped to my stomach. The light to my webcam was on. It had been on the entire time, and I was too distracted to notice. I sat there in shock, frozen in time as I stared at the small light. I quickly regained my attention and slammed the screen down, shutting it. That was it. I finally came out of denial and took the laptop, heading outside in a quick pace. I opened the laptop and spread it against the curb, stomping down hard, breaking it in two. I threw it into the trash bin. I was terrified. How long has he been watching me? Who is this guy? Questions raced in my mind. Is this guy even from Utah? Of course I called the cops. I was on the phone with 911. They said they'll send two cars over to check around. Honestly, I don't think they cared. I think they just sent them to check, so I'll calm down. After a five minute search, they told me that I'll be fine and that there are just creeps out there who will do anything to scare people. I angrily protested in my mind, scare people? I'm in danger. But I think they were right. I didn't sleep that night. I kept my lights on, blinds closed, doors and windows locked. I just stayed up and watched TV. I soon forgot about the whole incident pretty quickly. Of course, I still think about it. I sometimes go and watch the video on YouTube. I finally got around to saving up and purchasing a new laptop from the Microsoft store. The incident was in the past and I stopped worrying about it. I remember going to bed one night, doing my usual routine. I was laying in bed and looking at my door, daydreaming about new ideas for music I could write. That's when it hit me. The profile picture that was black and changed to the picture of the door and doorknob was my bedroom door. Whoa. Blech. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate that because that's one that can 100% happen. Oh, for sure. Oh. Stuff like that scares me so bad. It's like growing up, you get the text from your friends in junior high. It's like, this girl died and if you don't send this to seven more people, <laughs> you will die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. I hope that they were able to just throw the entire laptop away. Yeah. and Or I sell it to some other poor soul. Yeah, and I hope that they moved out. <laughs> yeah, for real. Moved out, changed their IP, yeah, get, got a new IP address, changed their name. <laughs> All that good stuff. You know? Yeah. And is it a coincidence that the address is a Utah address? Is no. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading over it. 
And then I saw the Utah address and I was like, okay, yeah, I have to do this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, sweet. That was, uh, that was good. Yeah. All right. I've got one more story for you. Awesome. Also on r slash paranormal. Sweet. This story comes to you from you slash the baby turns blue. <laughs> okay. Two bees, the baby. It's called got lost in the woods for eight hours as a little girl and saw something unexplainable. I grew up in a densely forested rural area in central Virginia. And like most kids my age, 10 at the time of this story, I spent a lot of time playing in and around the woods. My best friend and I had found a creek one day while exploring different deer trails through the woods. This creek we happened on was a very rare find and the perfect spot for us to play. It was wide and deep enough to swim around in and had nice soft mossy banks on either side to rest on after we tired ourselves out. The water was cool and clear, no copperheads and no mosquitoes because the water was constantly running. We were psyched. After a few hours of swimming, we had to walk back home for lunch, but made plans to pack a lunch for the next day so we could have a picnic on the creek banks and spend the whole day there. The next morning, we set out for the woods at around 1 p.m., planning to have a picnic first and swim after. We entered at the same spot we had the previous day and followed what we thought was the same deer trail. It wasn't. At the point where I thought we should have found the creek, we walked into a small clearing that was covered in huge, thick ferns. We had definitely never walked past this before, so being both hungry and tired of walking, we decided to eat in the clearing. We laughed and played around there for a while, spitting watermelon seeds at each other from our lunch. It was an absolute blast, and we were both in wonderfully giddy moods. That all changed, however, as soon as we packed up and set back out to find the creek. As we walked on, the woods started to feel darker and colder. We got skittish, and I noticed my friend kept whipping her head around to look behind us. After about an hour of walking, we came upon what looked like an entire overgrown bathroom. Sink, toilet, and bathtub all sitting arranged together and covered in ivy. It's pretty common to find weird stuff like this in the middle of the woods, so we just walked on and made jokes to lighten the mood, calling it Bigfoot's bathroom. After another hour of walking and not seeing anyone we recognized, we started to panic. Instead of trying to reach the creek, we were now just trying to find our way back home or out of the woods, and eventually we would come upon a road or someone's property where we could find help. She insisted on another way, and we began yelling at each other out of fear and, let's be honest, little girl bossiness. I told her if she thought she was so right, she should just go her own way, and we could see who got out first, so we split up. Now, as an adult, I fully acknowledge I was being a stubborn brat and also an idiot. Worst possible thing we could have done. Not 10 minutes after splitting up, I began to hear someone walking maybe 100 feet behind me. Thinking it was my friend deciding to go the other way after all, I slowed down so she can catch up. Instead, whatever it was matched my pace. Slow down. It slows down. I stop. It stops. This went on for hours. The whole time I was going back and forth on whether or not it was just in my head or if there was really something following me. I picked up a big stick, swung it a few times to make sure it was sturdy, and if I had to hit someone, I'd be able to. As it began to get dark, I came upon something that made my heart sink into my stomach. It was Bigfoot's bathroom. I had just walked in a huge circle for hours, despite being 100% sure I was following the setting sun west the entire time. Confused and frustrated, 
I sat down on a long and just screamed my little heart out while smacking my stick repeatedly into the ground. As I tried to collect myself, I heard the footsteps again walking up on me from behind. I called out my friend's name as loud as I could. No answer. Then, after a short pause, the steps began to run toward me. I jumped up and booked it fast as I could the opposite direction. Now this is the truly horrifying part, which I typically admit while telling people this story. As I was sprinting through the darkening woods, I began to hear what I thought were church bells. I looked up to see the darkest, deepest cloud I've ever seen in my entire life. In the middle, it was so black, it was like looking at the night sky, and the dark gray around it seemed to be swirling. It gave me a horrible feeling to look at it, almost like the nausea you get when looking through binoculars too long. What sickened me further is that I realized the sound of bells was coming through the whole of the cloud. They were deafeningly loud. I mean, really booming out of this thing. When I realized this, I stopped dead in my tracks. I felt a sense of absolute and overwhelming dread that has gone unmatched in all my 24 years on this planet. Something in my head began screaming that if I didn't run away from whatever that was, no one would ever see me again. I would be gone. I did not want to run to run toward the thing chasing behind me either though, so I made a sharp right and took off away from both. It was now completely dark and I was running blind through the woods, smacking through branches, wheezing, and tripping every few feet for what seemed like another hour, until I smacked into something low and flew over it, hitting the ground so hard all the air in my lungs was knocked out of me. As I lay there, trying to recover, I realized I couldn't hear bells anymore. Then my eyes adjusted more in the dark, and I realized what just made me fall. It was an old fence. Grabbing hold of it, I prayed it would lead me to a farm, and sure enough, it did. I walked up over a hill about a mile to the back of the farmhouse, explained what happened, and the farmer graciously gave me a ride back home. I was covered head to toe in scrapes, oozing blood, and more exhausted than I've ever been in my life, but I was finally safe. It was past 9 p.m. when I finally walked through my front door. My friend had gotten back shortly after we split and figured I had as well, so hadn't told anybody I was lost, and my family just figured I was still out after dark, which wasn't uncommon for me. They were shocked when I walked in beat up and crying. Nobody had been looking for me at all. To this day, I wonder how long they would have waited to come find me if I hadn't been lucky enough to find the fence and if it would have been too late. What was it? Um, It makes me think of Nope. Have you seen that movie? Nope. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a whole thing about UFOs and clouds in there. So. Right. That's. I get the gist. It's about aliens. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it was an alien. Maybe it was a UFO cloud church in the sky. That was Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Bigfoot. Just blame everything on Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Good All story. Right. Good yeah. story. That's hey. my stories for today. Let's get on with yours. So before I start, just uh, just wanted to say quick little, not really announcements, but just wanted to remind our listeners, um, if you guys have any stories that you would like to share with us, we would love to read them uh, on the podcast. Um, you can email those to us at SpookySoupPodcast801 at gmail.com, or you can DM those to us on Instagram, SpookySoupPodcast. Uh, once again, they, they don't have to be true. They could be completely fake or just something that you you had in your mind. You're like, oh, this could be a great story, and you just decide to jot it down. 
whatever it is. We would love to read it. Um, so yeah, send them in. Send them in. Okay. So, have you heard of the tall, skinny, and faceless figure in a suit called Slenderman? Yes. <laughs> For those who don't know, Slenderman is a complete fictional creature created to hunt down and stalk people, mostly children. Uh, but I'm curious, what, what do you know about Slenderman? So, I know a little bit. Uh, he started off as a creepypasta, like the fictional character, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of video games got made about Slenderman. And I played one once in junior high and through the remote, so <laughs> it scared me pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and I think I know what game you're talking about. It's like Slender the Lost Pages. It is. Something like that. Uh, I'm actually going to go over that. So, oh, dang. Okay. Hold on to your seat. So, the expressionless figure was created in 2009 for a website titled somethingawful.com. The idea was to create creatures using Photoshop and post your best artwork. The person who posted the images of Slenderman, uh, his name is Eric Knudsen, also known as Victor Surge, uh, as his alias. In the photo, uh, he posted two. In one of the photos, you can see a group of teenagers, but uh, it looks like they're like walking towards the camera in a sense, I can't tell if they're like one big group or like they're at school or something. But in the background, you can see hiding is that tall, faceless figure. And it looks like he's just ready to pounce. But what's funny is he's like looking at the camera. The caption for the photo states, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. Dash 1983. Photographer unknown. Presumed dead. I'll show you the picture real quick. All right. That uh, presumed dead is a nice touch. (laughs) So that's the first picture. So he's like in the background right there. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Creepy. Just photoshopped in right there. Yeah. But it looks like good. Yeah. (laughs) They did a really good job with it. Looks real, right? In another photo posted by Victor Surge again, you can see children having a grand old time at a playground. Waiting in the shadow of a tree... A tall, dark figure with multiple arms holds hands with little kids as if they are playing Ring Around the Rosies. On the top right of the image lays a fake library seal. The caption for this photo reads, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library Blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Dot, dot, dot. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. Dash, 1986. Photographer, Mary Thomas. Missing since June 13th, 1986. And here's that picture. Oh, creepy. Yeah, that makes me feel some type of way. I don't like it. (laughs) Okay. And once again, for those listening, you can find these images on our Instagram. I'm going to post them there so you can see what the heck we're looking at. Because of the popularity of these two images alone, the internet went nuts with this new idea of this slender man. 
Users from the same website, Something Awful, began adding their own stories. They range from my friend disappeared while camping, Slenderman can be the only solution to their whereabouts, to other stories like a bus full of children was set on fire, no one can find the bodies. A lot of these made-up stories are quite fascinating. Um, I've been reading them for over a decade now. Once again, the internet went insane. TV shows, YouTube channels, and other forms of visual media took to the story and created multiple versions of this Slender Man. One that I remember very well was a VR game titled Unofficial Slender. You had to collect eight pieces of paper in the in this like dark area of woods. All you had was a flashlight to help you guide your way, like the and whole time. <laughs> and cue Tessa throwing the remote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure I did something along the lines. Like that was like the first like real VR horror game I played too. Mine wasn't even VR. Where? Oh. It was just on Xbox. Like well, mine was VR, so that's even more. That's terrifying. even worse. <laughs> so he he didn't want you to collect the papers and essentially win the game, right? So um, what's funny is I never did win the game. I got close almost every time, but he just is so fast. I think it's just once you get up to like five, six, seven, he just of those papers, he just like starts hustling after you. Has anyone ever won the game? Yeah, for sure. I have oh. friends who, who have beaten it. Lame. Yeah. Uh, and by lame, I just mean it should be like no one can win. It should just be Slenderman gets you no matter what. The impossible game. Yeah. So when you hear the music, uh, the footsteps get louder and louder, and that's when you know that you're pretty much done for, right? So like that's, yeah, when Slenderman captures you. So in 2011... Slenderman made its official debut as legitimate horror fiction. It is given its own page on the popular online site called Creepypasta, like you mentioned. And so Slenderman officially has its own set of followers, stories, fan-made merch, and the unfortunate believers. Now, here's the part of the Slenderman history that I wanted to share. In 2014, the nation and the world were shocked when a teen was found almost stabbed to death. Peyton Lutner was a regular girl from Wisconsin. One day, she noticed another girl sitting alone at school and decided to befriend her because that's just the type of person she is. Her new friend's name is Morgan Geyser. Peyton and Morgan soon became inseparable, hanging out after school, Having sleepovers, they pretty much did everything together. Fast forward two years to when they were in sixth grade. Morgan meets a new friend named Anissa Wire. They soon became the best of friends, making Peyton feel left out. Anissa had this weird obsession with Slenderman, to the point where she believed he really did exist. Oh no. Because of this weird obsession... Morgan soon started to believe in him as well. I've, I'm going to guess it was kind of a, like, oh, I want her to like me, so I'm going to like what she likes. I mean, I get it. Stuff like that spreads like wildfire when sure. you're, like, 10 or 11. Yeah. Everyone wants to be part of, the, like, the cool stuff. Yeah, and they're super young, so I'm sure that they were dumb enough to believe what they read online was true. 
You yeah. Know? Or at least like pretend hard enough that they believed sure. to make each other believe that they believe. Yeah. Not wanting to feel left out, Peyton told the girls she supports this weird behavior, but she didn't believe in Slenderman herself. So she like didn't want to not be in their friend group anymore. So she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Slenderman. But yeah, she didn't believe in it. She's like, I get down with the Slender, but don't worship him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good friend, good friend. On May 30th, 2014, the three girls decided to have a sleepover. Peyton was so excited to eat junk food, stay up all night, and watch scary movies. However, the other two girls weren't as excited. Apparently, they were too tired and just went right to sleep. Bummed by this, Peyton did the same. Ugh, those are the worst sleepovers growing up. What's the point of a sleepover? You're just going to go to sleep. Like You don't sleep at a sleepover. Yeah, like go home. Go home. If you're not going to stay up and play video games and tell scary stories, go home. VR Slenderman games. Duh. The next morning, the trio decided to start their day with a walk. No harm in that, right? The girls head to their local park, and on the way, one of them has to use the bathroom all of a sudden. So the, th- so the trio, they walk inside the park bathroom when Peyton, all of a sudden, feels a blunt object hit her in the head. Dazed and confused, she looks at Anissa and asks, Why did you hit me? Her question was met with the two shrugging their shoulders. I'm not sure why, but Peyton decided to stay with the two girls even though they just tried to jump her. Oh no. So they did their business and you know she kind of recovered from that hit in the head, kind of weird, but then they decided to continue on to the woods that were just beyond that park. Uh, that was a spot where the three of them could be alone. Morgan and Anissa attacked Peyton again. This time, it ended up being a really bad situation for Peyton. Anissa stood watch as Morgan stabbed Peyton 19 times with a kitchen knife. 19 times? Yep. She was stabbed in one of her arms five times, seven times in one of her legs, and the rest in her upper torso ranging from her chest to her abdomen. The two girls finished their attack and left to find Slenderman. When asked why they attacked her, they said it was to please Slenderman. They needed someone to sacrifice for him. If they did that, they believed they would have been invited to his mansion that w- that they believed was deep in the woods. How this idea came into their heads, I don't know. It didn't really say. Hmm. I would love to know when sp- I almost called him Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> when Slenderman came to them and was like, yo, kill your friend. I'll let you live with me. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> it's not adding up. No. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, they didn't really say. So, but luckily, a biker known as Greg Steinberg had found Peyton crawling for help. So she was still alive and she was just pretty much trying to crawl back to civilization to find someone. Greg called 911 and helped comfort Peyton until she was able to be seen by medical help. Today, Peyton is alive and well. Unfortunately, she has physical and mental scars that will always remind her of that day. Yeah, how traumatic. As for Anissa and Morgan, they were easily found by police as they were wandering the woods 
still looking for Slender Man's mansion that obviously didn't exist. <laughs> and Nissa received a sentence of 25 years in a mental health institution, and Morgan received 40. When asked why they attacked Peyton, this was what Anissa had to say. I was told if I didn't do something, my family would be in danger. According to her, she feared that if she didn't honor Slenderman's request to kill Peyton, he would murder her family. But like, how did she get this in her head? Who told her this? Maybe she's got like a little sprinkle of schizophrenia in Schi there. She's a schizo. Maybe she's uh, she had a dream or something like she was so obsessed with him that like right. she had a dream and she was like oh it's real it became it like a me. false memory kind of thing yeah yeah sure interesting so um not even a month later another teen attacked her mom in the name of slender man no way are you serious so another attack while wearing a white mask and sporting a kitchen knife uh -uh. she waited for her mom to arrive home when she finally did the teen attacked her by stabbing her. Luckily, the mom survived her injuries, but when investigators looked into the teen's life, they found her journal, like diary entries, stating that she was uh, pretty much obsessed with Slenderman, worshiping him, to the point she even created her own world just for Slenderman in Minecraft, the video game. Wow. A little obsessed. A little. Slenderman is not real. And it's obvious. Um, I read that the creator of Slenderman, Eric Knudsen, uh, he later went on, I, th I think it was like he went on TV or he made some big announcement after the first attack to Peyton. And he he apologized. He's like, hey, I'm so sorry that this got so out of control. Like, please remember, he's not real. It was all just for a stupid art contest on the internet. But because of that art contest, we now have one of the well well known uh horror fiction of today slender man wow there you go there's the history Ooh. behind him i think um sony made a slender man movie in like 2016 oh okay after all the hype died about slender man like it came like eight years too late kind of thing mm -hmm. and it was a total flop i heard oh sure like, Horrible acting, horrible story. Well, I didn't even know they did that, so it must have been a flop. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, had this came out earlier, I so would have gone to see it. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I do remember, like, it being, I think it was, like, 2015, which, okay, that makes sense, time time frame-wise, when I first heard about Slenderman, and I was like, what the frick is this? And then he just popped up, and then, like you said, he died, like, super quick, like, the hype the hype just died. Yeah. It was like all the video games got created. Tons of spinoffs of the same idea. You're in like some warehouse or an abandoned mm -hmm. school or the forest and you have to look for pages. Slenderman's following you. And like Markiplier played it. Uh, PewDiePie played it. And then it all just like died out super yeah. fast. Yep. But I'm sure it opened a gateway to all these other uh, genres of horror in writing in video games. Uh, so, oh, for sure. Oh, I feel bad for that artist just being like, I wanted to win a contest and then two people were almost murdered. Yeah. It sucks. Crazy. Well, that's, uh, that's Slenderman. That's my story. Yeah. Creepy. Well, I'm glad they're still alive. Both victims. Yeah. And, uh, to repeat, Slenderman is not real. No, he is not. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see him, 
do not go towards him. <laughs> if you see him, get off whatever drugs you're taking. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, cool. Do you have anything else? Uh, that's it for today. All right. Well, guys, we'll uh, scare you in the next one. Stay spooky.